This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mercy Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Melanie Wise, and I am the Senior Director of Outreach here at Mercy. And I am Brooke Keels, and I'm the Senior Director of Counseling and Program Strategy. And I'm Rachel Thomas, and I'm the Podcast Coordinator and Content Specialist. And we're so pumped that you guys are joining us again today. We're continuing our conversation through the lens of attachment, but we're wanting to really focus on a topic that we are passionate about here at Mercy that we talk about quite often, and that is uh, breaking free from generational patterns. And I love this topic because it's so, while it can feel hard uh, to go back and be honest about some things that maybe it's hard to be honest about with our, you know, rearing and the way we were raised, it really is so freeing to go back and look and, and, and you can talk about forgiveness here. I know we're going to dive into that later, but all of that to say, we're going to be linking those two today and why attachment plays a role in breaking generational patterns. And so as we've discussed, um, again, so much of the way we were raised sets that up. Uh, and so Brooke, would you kind of just kick us off and maybe, especially maybe even easing some minds, because I know we can listen to this and go, oh my gosh, like I can think of a million things I've done wrong in my own life today with my kids <laughs> um, and even the right. people around me. And I'm like, did I mess up? for the rest of my life? Like, am I sending people to counseling? Well, maybe, I don't know, but. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, sure, you are, That's okay. and that's okay. <laughs> it's all right, no, yes. I think that's really good. Yeah, I mean, this can seem very overwhelming, and I mean, to think back how we were raised or maybe how we've raised our own kids, um, and just know, like, the point here is not to heap shame or guilt or even just send you on a fact-finding mission. Yeah. Um, there is no, there are no perfect parents. Um, mm-hmm. There is so much grace in what we do. At the end of the day, you know, even in awful situations, um, and, and I'm going to say this very carefully, but people do the best they can with what they have. Mm-hmm. And even, and in, in it can just be like, how is that possible? It just did. It made sense to them. And the, mm-hmm. the point is, what is God trying to do to heal you from those things? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think it's really important we remember that, that um, the goal is not to dig up bitterness or to to go back and be like, you're right, my parents were the worst, you know? <laughs> right. um, and so that's not, you know, what this is, but it's really about, when we identify negative patterns and, and you may be aware of them, you may not, um, you know, but when the Lord points them out is where the healing comes from. And Mm so I've shared on this before, but you know, there have been so many things. I actually, I thought my parents were perfect until I got married and my husband was like, "Uh, they're crazy. (laughs) What What are you talking about? And then, and then I saw it too. And, uh, (laughs) You know, and my parents, you know, were great and did it. I mean, really, they did what they thought was right in right. all the ways, you know, and um, did the best they could. Obviously, we're all fallen beings. And so, right. um, but at the end of the day, who they are is different than who I am. And what they did affects affected me differently. Um, and they're not a perfect representation of the Lord. And mm-hmm. so when we look well, at our good. families to be this perfect representation or even a representation of the Lord, that can be kind of mess us up a little bit. And so 
Um, you know, a lot of the things that I've walked through and forgiveness with my dad in particular, he literally has no idea. I've never talked mm-hmm. to him. It's just been things that God has pointed out to me, you know, that I'll be like, gosh, man, I see myself doing that and I don't want to do it. You know, why is that? And all that. And you can feel bad about it. Or, you know, when I I really just finally asked the Lord, like, this is about you spending time with the Lord and processing it with him. And and that's what I did. I was just like, where is this from? You know, what's going on? It was in the middle of a church service. And he was like, you may not like it, but you've made an agreement with it that that is what works because you turned out okay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's not good. And so, you know, realizing, but my dad just parented. That's what he did. But in my agreement with, even though I don't like it, that must be what I need to do, you know, and just kind of breaking that off and realizing my son is a different kid than I ever was, you know, and he needs different things. And, um, you know, and I just think culturally too, we're paying a little bit more attention to personality differences and how to really cultivate somebody and who they are naturally. Yeah. Um, you know, that wasn't a thing in the right. 80s. Nobody, yeah. Everybody's just like, you know, get a job and be successful and, you know, right. love people, we'll be fine. Right. And so, you know, anyway, but I, I just think, and when we say processing with the Lord, I know that can seem kind of nebulous. Um, and we'll talk about it more, but it really is just being like, okay, Lord, what do you need me to see? Yeah. And not what are the things? Cause most of the times what we have identified as being really messed up is not actually what messed us up oddly enough. And so it's not always the trauma. It's usually how people handle the trauma. It's not always, you know, the person you thought you like, well, they didn't really take care of me and sure that there there's that, but then there was this other person who could have rescued me and didn't. And there may Mm -hmm. be a lot of you know, bitterness or stuff there that you don't even realize, you know, and so just letting the Lord point it out because then he knows what he's going to do with it. And it's not just us finding all the ways our families are messed up. Right, right. right. Well, (laughs) we are. So good that, first of all, I just love that you emphasize like the importance of just having so much grace. My um, husband and I just started this course because, you know, there's all these like courses on babies and toddlers yeah and you know me well enough to know I'm doing all the courses uh, <laughs> and we just started one that's kind of on it I, I'm thinking that it's a lot based on um the whole brain child there's a lot that are, I'm seeing of correlations between the two but it's basically like teaching you how to um how to handle well your toddler's emotions Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, first of all, this stuff is genius. Second of all, <laughs> none of our parents did this. Third of all, they didn't have any of this. They didn't right. have toddler courses. They didn't have all of this scientific research that's been done. They just, and so I just, I always, always, always have to remind myself if I ever get tempted to be like, well, my mom and dad didn't, and my mom and dad didn't, they didn't. Yeah. Like, like you said, Brooke, having an incredible amount of grace that they were doing the absolute best they could. Yeah. And so I think that's an important thing because the last thing we want generational patterns and looking at generational patterns to do would be to drum up a bunch of just bitterness and anger. So I think that's a great, a a great point. And I also think it's really good to, to look at this, you know, the fact that one of the things I know we talk about a lot at our workshops is just that, you know, when you can find what's at the root of some of your stuff, it's, 
it, it's not an excuse, but it is an explanation. And yeah. so I think sometimes it can be really helpful to look at those when the Lord shows you these patterns and when you're like, why do I struggle with this or that? Where in the world did that come from? When you realize that is a pattern that was passed down, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. helpful to understand it more fully, to understand the root of where it came from. It doesn't mean you're a bad, evil person. It means that this was a pattern that you picked up. Yeah. And so... Yep. If anybody, first of all, if anybody's listening to this and you have not been around mercy for a while and you're still kind of new to this whole idea about generational patterns, I think even just giving some examples can be um, helpful. And, and really just even kind of like, if you're, I don't know, if you're thinking where in the world would I even start with this? You know, I think Brooke, what you said, just not going on a fact finding mission, truly <laughs> inviting the Lord into this process to say, Lord, what do you want me to see? What do you want me to know? And then just trusting that he's going to give you what you need to know for today, for right now. Um, But, you know, some of the most, some of the more common, maybe negative patterns could be things like um, anger or, um, you know, maybe a lack of expression of emotion, like a lack of expressing care, a lack of expressing love, um, shame, pride, selfishness, addiction, even things like that. And actually, Brooke, I don't even know if you want to go off on this, but, um, you know, that was a question that recently came up of just like, how do we look at things like addiction where you can say like, there's, there could be a genetic component to this that got passed down. Is that considered a generational pattern? And can it, can something like that be even broken? Mm. That might be a side tangent, but I know it comes up a lot when we talk about Yes, it can be broken. There you go. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, the Bible talks about this, like a pattern is not only behavioral, it is also Mm. genetic. And there are curses that are also Mm. genetic. And that is why Jesus came to break all curses, not just the ones where my daddy was angry, so I'm also angry, but also the ones that are about our health. And, you know, if, you know, if we want to say addiction's genetic at some level, sure, you know, and I think you can get into that of like how people respond to different drugs would show that there's some component. I mean, the, yeah. our genetics play, I mean, we've seen this with the pandemic, how people respond to the virus in different ways, like it just yeah. is what it is. But that doesn't negate anything, this idea that genetics cannot be modified or changed or that, you know, the negative aspects of them cannot be um, can't be broken free, you know, is, is just not true. I mean, and there's a million areas of the world that that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and not just, you know, not just with Christ, but even in the medical community, how we've seen, you know, them shift, but yeah, I mean, we're even looking at, you know, how genetics are modified in utero. And so our genes change and morph and, you know, we are not bound by, yeah, them or just yeah. not. I mean, you may yeah. have brown eyes, like I can't do anything about that, right. but get some contacts. Look, done. So <laughs> I just, you know, all that to say, yeah, I mean, there that I, that hopelessness of like, well, I mean, and, and I've told y'all that before, you know, my husband's dad struggled with addiction and we were in the hospital and his dad was literally dying and we were just mm-hmm. like, look, you know, he struggles with addiction and all that. And the doctor just looked at Scott and was like, well, it's genetic. Wow. As it, I mean, it was just the most, you know, and I couldn't run down the hall fast enough to assault him. Um, and so it was just the, you know, and it's just that idea of like, well, there's nothing, you, you know, that's just yeah. not, it's just not yeah. true. And I, I, yeah. won't, I mean, you're right. That's a whole other episode, but yeah. I, I'm glad you 
pointed that out because we are not restricted only by nature, mm-hmm. you know, or, or nurture. We're restricted. We're not restricted by any of it. Like yeah. it, it's just not, um, it's just not true. The Lord knows what he's doing. He can free mm-hmm. us from all the things. Yeah. So, so good. Amen. Yeah. So good. So again, it's like, I keep going back to that. It's an excuse. It's not an excuse, but it's an explanation. So if that's something that's been, you know, passed, if that has been passed out in your family and you find yourself struggling, it's not a death sentence. It's not a hopeless situation. It's not, it's not even an excuse for you to just be like, well, this is what, this is how my family does it, you know? Um, but it can help explain and it can give you a fuller understanding of where some of the things have come from. Um, absolutely. And it can help you have wisdom in areas, right? So if you know, I have a genetic, you know, I've got the genetic marker for a certain type of cancer. Well then if eating carrots helps not get that, like you do that thing. Or I know plenty of people who are like, you know, I've got three generation of alcoholics in my family, genetic or not. Like, I'm just not going to take a drink because I just, I don't want to find out. Yeah. yeah. You know, there, there are factors and there are pieces that, that we can have wisdom in that too. And so, yeah, it's not just like, well, just is what it is. You know? right. <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing that can be done. And so I, and anyway, I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, another thing that I think we always try to emphasize when we talk about this topic is that it doesn't always have to be just focused on the bad, the bad, the bad, the negative, the bad, Mm -hmm. Um, but also to really be intentional, especially when you're, when you're the one who's decided like, you know what, I'm going to set a new course in some areas and to say, like, what are the positive things that I received from my family? First of all, that can also just help in extending grace um, and keep your heart in a good place. But also it's like, what are those things that were passed down that I value and I want to continue to pass on? And then maybe what are the new things that weren't really part of our family that I want to pass on? I mean, a lot of this is about legacy and about what you're going to give to the generations after you. And by the way, I don't even think we said this yet. You know, this does not just apply to people who, first of all, have their own biological children um, or, you know, um, this can also, this can absolutely go back to your biological parents, but you may not have been raised by your biological parents. So it's also important Mm -hmm. to look at some of the, just even those behavioral patterns of the people who raised you, who were significant and impact on your life. Um, but you know, I mean, some of those positive things could be like a great work ethic or, you know, generosity or, um, you know, loyalty. I've heard that a lot. Sometimes it's like, I can't find anything in my family, but man, we were a loyal bunch. There you go. (laughs) Everything everything was bad, but we were sure loyal, you know, hold on to that, pass that on, you know? Um, so there can be, there can be also really good things to look at and to be intentional about carrying on in your family. I experienced sexual abuse. Coming into the doors of mercy, that was love. Mercy just provided a space where I could (laughs) really start to enjoy my life, value my life. If you are out there struggling, I am here to tell you there is hope. I want to share with you 13 stories of brave young women who made the choice to get help. In my new book, Treatment or Transformation, 13 Real Stories, Why You Can't Argue with the Changed Life, You will hear about lives that have been transformed through the power of Christ. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to stay this way. Freedom can be your normal. I know that sounds hard to believe, but freedom is available. Get your copy of Treatment or Transformation today 
at mercymultiplied.com or at Amazon. And in connecting this to attachment styles, which we won't go yeah. too in depth if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, right? Yeah. Is it first two? Yeah. This month? Okay, yeah. go back and listen to those. <laughs> uh, they're not too long. No, um, no. Anyway, but but yeah, I mean, everything you just listed, though, I mean, just really connects to how, like, the attachment style and the results of whatever that is, right? So mm. the positive and negative. Um can come out of that. Like it can help it make sense. Like the way that we're able to connect or not connect to our parents or the mm-hmm. way, way we're able to connect or not to, con- or not connect with our kids. Right. Um, and so just like, I will just do a super quick review of like the attachment styles. So, you know, the healthiest one is going to be secure, which is, you know, those that are comfortable with intimacy and autonomy and, you know, conflict will bring kind of intimacy um, and connection. Like they're there to, they're curious about people um, and, and knowing them and understanding them. Um, there's dismissive avoidant. And so they're strongly independent. You know, they down, downplay the importance of relationships. Um, so they're very much like, it's not me, it's you, and I don't need you. Um, anxious, preoccupied, they tend to be dependent on others for their self-worth, preoccupied with relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more about how someone else makes them feel. Uh, than actually knowing the other person. And then there's fearful avoidant, and they're fearful of intimacy, socially avoidant. They're going to kind of do whatever they have to do to make sure everybody's cool. So Mm -hmm. we don't have to feel our feelings right now. (laughs) Um, You know, and there's a lot of fear of rejection and stuff in that. So if you can imagine, if you think through, well, how were my parents (laughs) in, in those ways? In some of the areas your parents may have been great in, you know, maybe they were really good at connecting, you know, with you, but not their spouse or really good. You're like, well, gosh, I mean, I've worked with a lot of people that are like, well, my mom and dad seemed great together. But when it came to me, it was like they had no idea what to do, Yeah. which, yeah, by the way, none of us do. And so, you know, um, but I'm, I'm kidding. But, you know, I think that there's, you know, it's interesting to just see where your parents were in that and then where that took you. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, because, you know, you may have a parent that was dismissive avoidant, which puts you into being fearful, mm-hmm. because every time I put myself out there, I'm blamed for it. And so yeah. I, don't, I don't really want gotcha. to get in on this, you know, sure. and so, you know, just understanding those kinds of aspects of, of what, you know, if you think through interactions with your family and, and how they actually made you feel in the moment, not mm-hmm. not so much about what was said, or done, but, but how you felt in those moments, it will really kind of help you identify either what you're pursuing or what you're trying to avoid, um, Mm. with, with your spouse, with your friends, with your children. Um, so anyway, just throwing that out there uh, with it. And, um, and we know this too, like we talk about this all the time, you give away what you carry. And so when you work through your own stuff, it's just going to make you feel so much better. It's going to make everyone around you feel so much better. And when we're in that place of secure attachment, you can connect and it doesn't in the, in how they feel about you doesn't matter, right? We're not dictated mm-hmm. by everyone's emotions around us. There's just right. a stability that comes in being healthy and you can just kind of be unmoved. It's not that you're not, you know, I hate that someone's upset, but it doesn't just eat your lunch, right? All day, right. it just doesn't wreck your day. So yeah. in the same with, like you said, your toddler's emotions 
can ruin your life if you, <laughs> if you let them. Your literal day, it's, your literal life. Yeah. I mean, and there's so many times y'all like, I mean, Liam this morning, I mean, he didn't want to go to school. I'm like, really? Because you've been out for a week. So <laughs> what are we, I mean, you know, yeah. and I'm just like, I need you to have a good attitude. And yeah. like that gets into a place of like, I need you to do something so I can be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. So I was like, all right, Jesus. <laughs> I was like, Liam, it'd be really awesome if you have a good attitude. And then I was like, but if you don't, it'll be fine. <laughs> I support you and I love oh, you. Yeah. 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 So then I just made up songs about him and embarrassed him in the car line. And so <laughs> everybody felt better after that. Um, so anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, it plays out in small ways is kind of yeah. my point. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, when you start looking at that, I mean, I think you're right. When you just even started listening, listing the attachment styles again, and I don't know if anybody started actually thinking about how, how did my mom and dad do that? You know, mm. that can get, that can get into some hurtful stuff. I mean, when yeah. you really think, oh my gosh, I am insecure in all of my relationships. And I think this goes back to the way my mom and dad, mm-hmm. you know, like when you start going there, that can get heavy because it's not just like, oh my, you know my mom was a selfish person. So now I'm selfish. Like, no, this is like, I literally relate to everyone a certain way because of the way my mom and dad related to me. Like that can just really start getting into some heavier stuff. So I know that, you know, at the beginning of the show, we talked a lot about the importance of having grace, having grace. But again, I also, I do want to also emphasize, like there may be some like stuff you got to start really processing from like a place of I got some hurts that I need to process with the Lord. I got some significant forgiveness yeah. that I'm going to have to walk through for me to not carry around bitterness in, in these areas. And so I, I was actually reminded of a question um, for our listeners who do not know this. We are releasing an updated edition of Keys to Freedom in mm-hmm. early 2021 that we're very excited about. Um, but, you know, there's a few questions and some stuff that we've kind of added to some of the processing times. And one of the things when it came to processing forgiveness with the Lord, um, this is actually a question that we got and that we are crediting in the book, FYI, from uh, from the Freedom Prayer Ministry. And it was just the qu- simple question when you're processing an area of forgiveness of asking the Lord, like, Lord, what is the very real legitimate need that I had that I needed from this person that they did not fill? Wow. And really being able to kind of count count the debt in that way and to be able to say this was a real need that I had as a child, you know, from my mom or dad that I did not receive from them and count the debt and, and choose forgiveness in that area. But then to ask the Lord, and I love the next question. It's how, how can you fill that need for me now? It wasn't filled for me then. And how can you feel it for me now? And when I'm thinking about attachment and stuff that we've talked about, so many of those things that we kind of developed and the style that we've maybe developed has come from some unmet emotional needs that yeah. we just didn't get. And so leaning into the Lord in that area of forgiveness and asking him how he can fill those needs could, could be really significant for people if that's an area where they're recognizing stuff that was passed down. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I love those questions too, because it gives you something really tangible to start with and asking and kind of getting to the the root of why do I feel like, why do I feel, um, I don't know if wronged is the right word, but, but so, so wounded maybe like what, what hit right at the, the core of my being. And man, when I think about, um, needs that maybe weren't met, like I, I almost, I, I get like a sense of just like, um, 
uh, overwhelmed in a, in, a, in, a, in a sense, not overwhelmed at like just thinking about my own story, but everybody's story, just thinking about if you went back to your childhood and asked yourself, okay, let me be honest for a moment and think about where, where was it? Where was it, Lord, that like I was let down in that moment? I think there's such healing that comes from being honest with God about that, with being honest with yourself. Cause Brooke, you kind of, mm-hmm. you kind of said this at the beginning, like I thought my childhood was perfect until I got married. And, and then it's yes. like, Oh wow. All, you know, the lights turned on. And I, I think so many more people than would like to admit, um, English, whatever. Anyways, you know, <laughs> per that, that idea of like your, your childhood being perfect, maybe either because you don't want to dive into it or either because you were in denial a little bit, you know, and, and not, oh, yeah. that 100%. Not, and well, and I mean, and I'm saying that in general, because yeah. girl, I, I mean, I've been there. That's exactly where I think the last couple of years I've had to be honest because it means dealing with some messy things. It, it means going, okay, there's actually some stuff, you know, even in this conflict conversation we talked about last week that I have to go, okay, I need to either have some conversations that may be uncomfortable, or I need to really talk to the Lord about how this forgiveness stuff is going to work and, and really knowing Mm -hmm. that this is not all overnight, that this is a process. And we talk about this all the time at Mercy, that healing comes in layers. Um, And I love that because that just takes the pressure off of having to have everything figured out overnight, because guess what is not going to (laughs) happen. And just when you think that you've reached this place of like, you know, euphoria or perfection, it's like, Oh, wait, wait a minute. Another layer comes off and you need to bring it to Jesus Mm -hmm. again for healing. Um, but he's good. He's so good. And, and not overwhelming us and taking us slow and steady because he's got time. He's got time for our healing. So anyways, I thought that was really, really good good now. Yeah. And you brought up something, two things I've, you know, I've talked with people before who are like, I shouldn't be sad or I shouldn't have anxiety or I shouldn't feel this way about my family because I didn't have any trauma, Mm. you know, and like guys, you know, at the end of the day, like your parents could not have met all of your needs perfectly. And what the Lord is trying to show and like, if there's areas, exactly what you said, Mel, which is what was it that I needed that I didn't get? And it's not then, you know, because my parents are awful, that's not the end. It's just, I had a need. They didn't meet it. And now the Lord's saying, I would like to meet that. I'm trying to, to do this for you, you know, and this idea that we can't be hurt unless there's some super traumatic or terrible event, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and obviously I work with people with a lot of trauma. And so that's a piece of it, but it's interesting. I've seen some of the saddest people are the ones who didn't have a lot of trauma, but they were kind of taught to just suck it up mm-hmm. and, you know, and not feel their feelings. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the, the bottom line is, is a realness and authenticity. Sometimes, you know, that resilience or that grit you see from people who've walked through trauma is because they didn't have the luxury of not letting it be real, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and some of us who did not we can go through and pretend everything was great right? That's what we were supposed to do. And there's so much sorrow that comes from that because you are not living an authentic life and you don't know how to connect with the Lord because you're not talking about very real things. And so, you know, we're, we all have our stuff. Like, so you praise him. So glad I was not traumatized. And then you go, but also God has, you know, a place to take me so much deeper. That's right. And, and, that's to, it's, it's honoring to him to allow him to do. That's what he's wanting to do is take yeah. us deeper. 
you know? And so anyway, that was just something that I thought about. And then remembering that too, like when we come into a new bloodline with Christ, right? That means that that is our, that is our bloodline. We are not held captive by the old patterns Mm -hmm. there. You know, there's a lot of reasons we may fall into them, but we're not held captive by them. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, knowing our place um, with Christ, knowing our place seated at the right hand of the father, like that's Mm -hmm. really important. Yeah. You know, but even, even with the good stuff, whatever good you got, God makes it so much better and whatever not good you got, he's going to heal that and grow you in ways that is going to be a blessing to other people. Those areas of weakness is where the Lord grows us and shows right. his miracles and shows his testimony, you know, in our natural gifts and abilities, we can so easily be like, well, yeah, but I'm really good at that. I mean, maybe <laughs> just me. I'm like, yeah, I'm really no, good. At that. You. You. <laughs> but it's the areas where I'm like terrible at that I've grown in. And so, you know, somebody will be like, man, I've really noticed, you know, y'all know I went on this gentleness journey, uh, which is, <laughs> We're still going, still walking down it. Um, but somebody said, like, I've just really noticed, like, you were really gentle, which is not a word that anyone has ever used to describe anything I've ever done. And it was, it just was like, oh, look at that. Well, it was definitely just God. <laughs> you know? Like, those are those moments that you're like, okay, I, you know, like, we're getting somewhere. Yeah. And I know that's just a small kind of silly thing, but you know, how much more in the bigger areas, you know, when he walks us through and that's what he's wanting to do. He's not, like you said, wanting to point out how terrible your parents were. Mm -hmm. He's not wanting you to feel guilty. It's not about shame. It's, Hey, you've got very real needs and Mm -hmm. I want to be the one to meet them. And so um, let's talk about it. And you're right, Melanie, man, that freedom prayers, all those questions they have are just incredible. Um, You know, and, and I'm, I'm excited that we're adding that stuff to keys. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. This stuff is too good. Can we yeah. steal some of this? And they can I know. Yeah. So I think <laughs> well, it's not stealing if you um, cite so it. So. That's right. That is true. That is true. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I was asked. Yes. Yes. So in fact, to be clear, they gave it to us. They blessed. They blessed. Blessed us. But I love that. It's a journey, and I love that. You know where he has us today. Um, is not where he wants to, to take us tomorrow. Like, you know, we, we talk about this too, um, that, you know, we, again, it's a process, but like becoming perfect at, at walking in freedom, is not really a thing. Um, I mean, it sounds like it could be a thing. Like it sounds like it could be a cool thing, but actually it's just really like well dressed up bondage, you know, because eventually that's just going to lead to you trying to zero in and fix yourself and, and not bringing your needs <clears throat> excuse me, before the Lord. And so, um, I love what you're saying, Rick, about just being authentic with Jesus and, and really asking him and telling him, uh, what you need there. And, and again, like a lot of this too, again, is a process. And I think we talked about this a couple episodes about being intentional, um, in that time with the Lord and then being intentional with our relationships with other people, needing being intentional and, and, and kind of, you know, trying to repair those, those breaks that we've had in relationships. I think it's so easy for us to look at, I mean, I know for me (laughs) to look at my parents or others and be like, well, they hurt me. They didn't meet this need. And to really like sit in that because it's warm, you know, for like a hot minute, (laughs) but then to forget that like I, there are other things that I've done that I need to be intentional about going about and, and making a repair with. And so knowing again, that like it's a process, it's continual. We're going from glory to glory, but there's so much grace in it. 
there's so much grace and and how the Lord deals with us and how the Lord um, gives us even the grace to be able to forgive others um, and then the grace to be able to go and ask for that forgiveness from others as well. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think at the end of the day, like what we're talking about just goes back to to so much of the power of choice. You know, I mean, we talk about that at Mercy all the time, um, and I know one of our one of our favorite scriptures around here, our founder, her, one of her favorite scriptures is the one from Deuteronomy that, you know, where God was telling people like I've, I've set before you life and prosperity, death and destruction. Now choose life. Like you have a choice here, but then I love too, that it says so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord, your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. Um, that's from Deuteronomy 30. But you know, I just, I think going back to that idea of like the power of choice and, and as we've said a million times throughout this episode, um, that we are not bound, that we are not, we have not been handed over a death sentence. If we've got some negative stuff that we need, in fact, it's just a really, really cool opportunity that every single one of us has to be like, you know what? I get to be the one to break this stuff. Yeah. I, I think about things that I've looked at my husband already. Um, and some of the things that have been passed down in his family. And I'm like, how amazing is it that you get to be the one? Yeah. It's like, no, this is where this is going to end. And that our kids are going to have their own battles to fight and have their own things that they have to work through and choose for themselves. But there's going to be battles that they do not have to fight because Mm. my husband decided he's going to do that. You know, like he's going to break those things. And so just, it's just an amazing thing that we get to step into. And again, even if you don't have biological children, just knowing that you are impacting the generation after you regardless. And so you being intentional about what you already said, Rachel, but also saying, what are the good things? What is the legacy? That's one of the biggest things that we wrap up that I keep going back to keys to freedom here, but, um, that we wrap up that week by saying, what do you want it to be? What is your legacy? What is it? What is it? What do you want it to be? And guess what? You have the power, you have the authority, you have the choice to be able to say, this is what's going to happen now. And so it's just a cool thing that we get to step into. So good. So good. I love it. Very cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a really great discussion, and we're going to continue ahead with this and dive into, we kind of touched on it today, but dive into a little bit more about just connecting with the Lord, no matter what our past and connecting with our own parents has looked like and connecting with Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And some of you are already going, wait, what? (laughs) How does this even work? Um, But I promise that it's so good. It really is so practical, just helping you look at some maybe own behaviors in your own life um, and and the way that you relate to God and going, okay, I I want this to stop now. I want to have an intimate relationship with him. I don't want to live my life um, viewing my heavenly father um, as a perfect you know replica of my earthly father Uh, so join us next time for mercy talk and we hope you're encouraged to go today and ask lord what is the legacy that i want to leave for generations to come we'll see you next time we're so glad you joined us today we'd love for you to head on over to itunes and leave us a review you can also find previous episodes there Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.